testing one two testing looks like it's working you see the waves mm -hmm. all right welcome to uh, first testing of the off point podcast I'm ace and with me is CJ and we're gonna be talking some sports um, One of the first things I suppose we can talk about is something I found interesting was the uh, the FCFL, which is the Fan Controlled Football League. So, um, anything what I found out is that the uh, that the creators of this league want to differentiate it from from football, like like as if it's, as if it's its own sport. Um, there are some interesting set of rules that I, that I read. Um, it's played on a 50 yard field. It's uh, seven on seven and the plays are controlled by the fans. Um, and I guess how this works is that I guess there's an app. So it's kind of like a voting process that you will, there'll be a set of run plays, a set of passing plays, and um, you'll select one of those. And I think it's like a diagram of the play will pop up. And then kind of like, uh, maybe, maybe like a video game. I, I don't know. It's like real life Madden. Pretty much. And then you'll, you'll make your selection and um, you'll get notified if you know what vote or uh, what play got voted and then you'll see it implemented implemented out on the field um, I think that's kind of interesting to me um, and you can actually if you if you pick the plays uh, correct enough you'll actually get rewarded for it and um, Actually, I think your play suggestions become more, um, with, were like uh, like selected, so you have a good chance of almost as if you're coaching a team. I think, I think that's that was kind of neat that I found. Uh, there are no field goals. Um, there are, actually there aren't even goal posts. Period. Hmm. Um, so you'll you'll score a touchdown, still worth six points. Then you have an opportunity to score one point or two points mm -hmm. like normal. Uh, the difference is, is that you'll, the, the team will start on the five yard line for one point and the fans will pick um, one receiver and one DB to basically go against each other. And the quarterback has three seconds to get the playoff. Hmm. Now, so if you want to do go for two, then you go from the ten yard line. All right, it's maybe. a little bit like the XFL. Okay, well, it, maybe I, I'm not too familiar with the XFL, but uh, is that is that something they do? Sort of in the XFL, rather than kicking your extra point, you got you got. I believe it's at the five yard line. You you can do a one one point attempt from the two yard or from the ten yard line. You can do a two point attempt from like the fifteen or twenty. You can do a a, a three point attempt. Oh wow! After the touchdown. Okay. 
All right. That's kind of cool. Um, That's a nine-point touchdown. You got that three. I think you can score points pretty quick, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> if they're getting high scoring. If you're if you're successful enough. Um, uh, another interesting thing is that the the teams change weekly, so it's almost like if I read it correctly, like they do like a redraft every Wednesday or something. Hmm. Uh, games are played on Saturdays. Um, some other interesting things is that they want to keep it to just an hour of of playtime. So it's a the the clock is constantly running. The only time That's it stops, cool. right? Well, the only time it stops um, is a one minute warning, and it is instead of a two minute warning. Um, <clears throat> and and like college basketball, it's divided in two halves. To 20 minute halves. Mm-hmm. So, and then there's a one minute warning per half. Um, so, and it maybe injuries, of course. I mean, you don't want the, the yeah, game obviously in, keep, keep on. Right, right. So you'll have that. But as far as like the, the, the player review, um, I didn't see anything on that. So I'm kind Probably of Probably voted by fans. Voted by fans. It still seems like it would take. I mean, if they very better get it in quick. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, if that's the case, that's probably something the NCAA and the NFL should take into consideration. All the crap they get. I mean, from the the PIs with the Saints the past few years, and that like that Ohio State Clemson game from from 2019 with all the crap calls that have been called. Fans voting on so what the, the crap call is. It's really who has the bigger fan base. Right, and then, well, then you just blame the fans. fans. <laughs> <Here's> <laughs> fans <what I'm... laughs> That's never, that's, I never thought about that, blaming the fans for a crap call, not the refs. <laughs> yeah, but at that point, what is the point of the refs? Throw a flag? Yeah, yeah. Somebody's, I mean, there's still got to be some sort of officiating. Um, yeah. I mean, no field goal for the... For the rest of the uprights, you go, woo, real goal. <laughs> no hands up there. So, yeah, so I found that interesting. 50-yard fields. Um, it's a little short. And they're not – I saw a couple clips, and the, the fields aren't very wide either. It's, it's a nice, narrow. The very short, yeah, very that's narrow. That's got to your receivers. I think that would be – That's not very that much would make it a little difficult. There. Really, yeah. Yeah, you got that's congested. I mean, that's almost like that's almost like playing like like on the goal line the entire game, a tight congested area. Even for seven players, because there's yeah, because I mean it's seven on seven. So even for seven, I mean they almost I mean, lined up I mean, on that, the field was almost sideline to sideline. Wow. I mean that's only eight players off the field. Well, that sounds like a lot. Looking at it, it's really not. I mean, you're taking four players off of each team. Yeah. Yeah, and Johnny Manziel, the face of the league right now. It's kind of the face of the league. That's uh, 
Think about it, just a year ago with the XFL, that that was Cardale Jones, face of the league, all because he was the the biggest name in there. Now Johnny Manziel is going to the same thing, which is the, really the second time and maybe even the third time in his career. From from heading to the Browns, Johnny Football, like really face of the franchise there, then, then going into the CFL a couple, couple years ago, really face of the league there, and now here with the FCF. Yeah, and he says that he basically joined out of boredom. Well, I think any of us would join out of boredom at this point. <laughs> and it can't be for the money. Um, players are only earning, uh, I think it was somewhere between um, like four and $700. All right, so if Antonio Brown loses his job again, we can count him out on this league. <laughs> Probably, right. Or even Le'Veon Bell at this point. I believe he's been cut from the Jets. And something else interesting is... Um, how many um, how many owners are involved how many people are involved yeah. that have created this league um, names like Richard Sherman mm-hmm. Marshawn Lynch mm-hmm. um, just to name a couple there um, I know I've read some more um, there were uh, a Major League Baseball player um name escapes me now um, but from a couple of va- different varying sports names that are involved in I guess the creating development I mean, of this league I mean, my thinking is the guys creating this league must have listened to Vince McMahon's speech on when he brought back the XFL and announced that in 2018 because he literally said I'm bringing football back to the fans they just took that to the extreme right like literally to the fans I mean, it's not just back to the fans dropping the whole politics part of football. Now it's literally in the fans' hands, picking the plays. Mm-hmm. That. And I almost, I'm almost not even sure if I want to call this football and call it fanball. Fanball. There you go. That's a good one. Maybe that they should look into that fanball. Uh, and currently, there's only four teams. Because well, no. I saw that, so that just about any fan can can be a, a league owner. I mean, not an actual <laughs> owner, but like some sort of owner, like the team, probably somewhere how the Packers run theirs. Mm. I mean, if like a lot of people are getting into like own one specific team, they're probably going to be expanding quickly. I, mean, I wouldn't be shocked if if they can come back next year. Who knows with COVID and everything getting in their way. But if they can come back next year, they you might see them back with six, eight, maybe even ten teams. That would be good. I'd be moving in a good direction for them. I mean, a lot further than past leagues. I try to get up there, but I think one of the best things about this league, from what I've seen so far, they're not trying to compete with the NFL. There's something completely different. That's it, and I think that's probably a good idea. I mean, we've seen what has happened to I mean, the XFL in the past. Twice. Twice. Although one we can easily blame on COVID. Um. Yeah, pandemic's really kind of thrown a monkey wrench in a lot of things. Um, even the, uh, was it the AAFL or? The AAF. The AAF. The AFL, too, the Arena Football League, got taken out. I mean, 
COVID really wasn't the main cause, but it definitely didn't help. Definitely. But that has opened the door for smaller leagues that also aren't competing with the NFL, like the outdoor football league. Who or the sorry, the indoor football league. Who pretty much took over everything the AFL had left. I mean, they're pretty much just the AFL's rival in arena football. And it's like everything that the AFL left, they just kind of came over and ate it all up. They took it. Okay. And this is an indoor. Indoor. It's the same as arena. Yeah, an indoor arena. Those would be the same. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure like all the requirements and everything are like the same. The only difference is it's a different league. So the same rules, same field size? For, pretty much, yeah. Okay. Although I do think they have a more traditional goalpost set up. From I've seen compared to the AFLs, theirs is like... I mean, of course, it's still your normal goalpost. But it's like they have like other like... Um, like another like setup, like helping hold it up. There's something behind it. Alright, so it's just... I mean, it's like it's like a loss. Slightly yeah. different. I mean, it, I mean, gotcha. when it when it comes to the kicker, he still has the same thing to put it through. There's just like a lot more, like like a lot more scaffolding stuff there by it. Gotcha. So it's not your typical. You're looking right, right at the uprights, and that's really all, all that's there. There's a little more to it. Maybe maybe because it's in an arena, and that. Maybe the this outdoor football league just found a different way to do it. Well, I think it'll definitely be interesting. Um, I'd definitely like to watch a game. Um, kind of caught the news on this a little late, so I wasn't aware of it until mm-hmm. um, after after the you know the the first run, the first games. Um, I wonder how many other big names you might see in that league. I know Tim Tebow was the name for the XFL. I doubt he'll come back to football. So Yeah, yeah, I really don't see Although if he were, I do think it would be the XFL because from the sounds of it, XFL players are getting paid more than these FCF players, but it could be a case like Johnny Manziel, just out of boredom. Something fun, new. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You still got the the itch for the game, and money's not a concern for you. Man, by all means, well, when you're sounds like it'd be I mean, something fun. I mean, think about it now. Like Tom Brady. I mean, we can all just assume right now that he's not retiring until fifty. This may be where he goes. <laughs> come then, you know, it's a little, it's probably a little more relaxed for him. He doesn't need the money. And. A big name quarterback coming to a smaller league. I don't know. Melon Brady, he likes to hold all the records. This may be something yeah, that he could be something else down the road if this uh, league stays intact long enough. Yeah. By the time he uh, decides to hang it up. But here's the thing: could he, could Tom Brady going there end up ruining this league almost <laughs> like it has the NFL? Because I think we can all agree that this is probably the most boring Super Bowl in history. I, I would have to agree with you on that. Um, maybe I mean, maybe not for a Buccaneer fan. <laughs> definitely uh. not. 
which I am a little partial to the Buccaneers because I played Madden. That's where I got drafted to. I'm there, Tom Brady. <laughs> won him a Super Bowl. But definitely one of the more exciting parts of the Super Bowl, and probably the play of the year, definitely the play of the Super Bowl, but probably even play of the year, and that was the Super Bowl streaker. Who right now onto the field <laughs> in late in the fourth quarter. And believe it or not, he bet $50,000 on this stun. Wow, what a brave man. Mm-hmm. I would have lost that bet. I'm like, I would have made it out there. Yeah. yeah. Although his bet wasn't that he would do it. His bet was that... It was that... A, A streaker. A streaker. Would, would run out into the field. That someone would disrupt the game by running out into the field. Do you wonder if that guy was sitting there thinking, come on, somebody, come on, come on, all right, all right, I've had enough beers, <laughs> here, hold this, I'll be back. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I got a video for that, too. So maybe him going out there was, like, like, it's all or nothing, like, I've got to go out here, there's nobody streaking I've got to win this bet. But it yeah. did look like he dressed for the occasion. It did. See a little nice bit. little. I mean, I don't, little... maybe where's that you know, all the time? <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the start of that video, well, Pat, Pat Mahomes is ready to take that snap, and then he just kind of stood by and was like, uh, somebody get their idiot. And he's kind of stood there. Now, my big question he ran through all of those players. It's like, can NFL players just not touch these guys? Like, are they like not allowed to like stop them? Because, I mean, that. That, I believe, Sheriff at the end, that deputy, came in there and, like, tackled him. I mean, at the end of that clip, he was I, holding his head. I would say was holding his head. He looked hurt. One, yeah. Probably, maybe, they know going into this that if stuff like this happens, you need to leave it to the, right, the proper authorities. Mm-hmm. Two, if I was a player, I would probably stand there and watch and see how this thing is going to unfold. <laughs> Now, my biggest question there is, I think he, I really think that he could have made it into the end zone if he didn't sit there and lap around twice, do that, like, little spin, because then those security guards <laughs> caved in on him. It was like, but even then, he got away from those couple security guards that even caused one to trip and fall. <laughs> that was funny, but at the very least, he wore a mask at the beginning. Yeah, dude. I mean, he was playing it safe. At the beginning. <laughs> what? what I mean, to be fair, that's as he was going through players. Once he was gone, he ripped that thing off. <laughs> and when that when that deputy appeared to tackle him, I mean, that I'm pretty sure that mask went flying. Oh, I'm sure it did. Shoot, button. probably constricted breathing. All that running. Anyway, so about his winning of fifty thousand dollars after other people had placed bets on a streaker to to take the field during the game he made almost three and a half thousand dollars or three hundred three and a half hundred thousand dollars i need that for post bail however (laughs) his plan did backfire and after an investigation from the betting site bovada i think i'm pronouncing that right the man's name is is yuri andrade and he will not be cashing in after all the betting site refunded everybody's money except for P. 
people that were in on Andrade's plan, they were refunded their money. I'm sure that was very disappointing to go through that. Surely, surely you should let him have something. I mean, I mean, his bet wasn't wrong. However, I do believe that it broke the rules of the betting site. Oh yeah, in some form. Sure. I mean, I highly doubt on like an actual betting site they can bet on somebody disrupting the game. Oh yeah, yeah it's like taking a fall in a in a boxing match or, um, you know, or any other any game. You, you just you're the one specifically throwing the game or throwing a fight. So yeah, I could see why it wouldn't be wouldn't be any different from that. Yeah, it's just pr pretty interesting. I mean, in my honest opinion, I think that was probably the best part of the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I was just laying down watching the game. I was, oh, I was almost dozing off for the thing, to be honest. And then that guy comes running through, I jump up. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> well, if there's any, any reason to keep in tune in a big game like that, it could be for stuff like that. And the commercials for the Super Bowl. The commercials. How were those commercials? I really didn't. They're pretty good. I don't think they killed off anybody this year. I know some people were expecting a, a bloodbath <laughs> from the, I believe it was the, uh, what are they, like the little gerbils? The uh, Kia hamsters? Yeah, the Kia hamsters. The Kia hamsters. <laughs> bloodbath from them, I think is what some people no, predicted. Yeah, yep. No hamsters were harmed. <laughs> well... None that we know of. <laughs> we didn't harm any hamsters. The NFL didn't harm any hamsters. <laughs> Maybe out in the wild, hamsters are harmed. Just a disclaimer. <laughs> and we're sorry if your pet hamster happened to die on the night of the Super Bowl. I mean, at this point, I think Tom Brady can just win anywhere. I mean, he, he can probably take the Jets to a Super Bowl. The man's phenomenal. He he really is. He, he's something else. Everything he's done will not be touched, even by all different quarterbacks. I don't think his records and th that he's put in place will be touched for quite some time. It's going to take a true talent. It, it'll be. It'll be difficult for the next guy to. I mean, for as long as he's been in there. I mean, just the longevity that he's put in, you know, as a player, mm -hmm. that he's going to he's going to set all kinds of records, and then and that's what's going to make it the most difficult to touch because most guys are going to they're going to hang it up in before you half get there. Most of them half the years that that Tom already has. Yeah, if there's a, if there's anybody that's going to touch that record, it's the quarterback that Brady beat that night and the previous Super Bowl winner, Patrick Mahomes. Well, because he he's on track to do it. I mean, you got to think Drew Brees. He's probably done after this. Ben Roethlisberger. He's he's closing our retirement too. I don't know about after this season. If I were him, I honestly would. Um, Aaron Rodgers maybe gone. Although you may pull a Brady and just head to a different team. And that could be likely. It could be, because it seems to be the Packers have been screwing him over these past couple of years. At the same time, you got to think, that's, that's where you've been your entire career. You know, you're like, you are that guy. 
out there in Green Bay. Green Bay doesn't really have too much else aside from Tom Brady. I mean, neither did, did the Patriots, but the Patriots also had a bad season. Not sure. Didn't even make the playoffs. The, the season before Brady left and the Packers, they were the number one seed in the NFC. So right. I don't really see much reason for Rodgers to leave except for retirement. Yeah, I don't think he'll, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, maybe if they find a way to make it to a Super Bowl, they can. Maybe I mean, they they just come like two. I mean, just one win shy of getting to the next step, yeah, and then once they're there, one more win, and they're in the Super Bowl. I mean, I think if these guys can hang in there long enough until Tom is gone. <laughs> Then they might have a shot. <laughs> He's making it yeah. very difficult. Now there is a young quarterback who's hasn't made his debut in college yet, and I believe he'll be playing for the Ohio State he, Buckeyes. Who appears to have a very similar playing style to Tom Brady. Perhaps he could be the one. Shows up possibly after Brady's gone. Comes there, comes in there, and does similar to what Brady did. Is this the Kyle McCord? Yeah, I'm talking about. I've, I've seen clips on this guy. He's he, he I mean, does. Um, and he's in a similar position to Brady. He could very well have a different quarterback played over him, just like Brady did back at Michigan. Yeah, be the seventh rounder, maybe the undrafted as many Ohio State quarterbacks have been recently, with the exception of Dwayne Haskins. Could very well be that next the next tom brady perhaps it's just that plain style that's what wins championships future quarterbacks may want to shape shape themselves after that oh it's definitely a mold to go after i would definitely agree with that and this uh kyle mccord kid looks like he he's got potential and no better and, place and all and all and, and, and there's a great place to go and great timing um, with justin fields heading into the draft this year Although he is new, he does have a fight to put up first with a couple of guys above him in the starting spot. But even Ryan Day has been quoted saying that he doesn't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. And it's early. Um, you got the whole offseason. So, but I, I can tell you this. It's it's going to be a battle, and I, I think the, the decision is going to be, it's going to be tough. That it, it is going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But he also has a very trusted wide receiver, or really two trusted wide receivers returning next season in Chris Olave and uh, Garrett Wilson. Wilson. Mm -hmm. To probably the best wide receivers in the league, and if there's anything that, that we have learned in recent years since really the CFP has started, that's that just about every team that has won has had great receivers. Ohio State has the best wide receiver locker room in the country. They may be a favorite to, to, win, to win it all next year. I agree with that. That uh, could very well come down to a good receiving core. Um, Ohio State also uh, known for having good running backs. Very good running backs. Um, with Master Teague. Looking to return. Master Teague returning, right, right. I mean, you got to think um, 
your their two biggest competitors in the playoffs, Alabama and Clemson, really the other, the only other two constants mm-hmm. in the college football playoff. Both both just lost their quarterbacks, and Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence were a favor to go very high in the draft, just like Fields. Now, we really don't know about Bama, but we also didn't really know about Bama last year when it comes to quarterbacks and look at what Mac Jones did. Right, yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that either Clemson or Alabama has, has a next man up for them. They, they, they kind of seem to do the same thing as Ohio State does, Yeah, and that's just they, they produce. Really, really the only difference between the two is usually Ohio State already has that guy. They already know who that guy's going to be. Like they have a very good idea of who it's going to be. So the next season, it's not very shocking when this guy comes out and plays well. Where with Mac Jones this year, that was really a shocker to really everyone, but probably Mac Jones and Nick Saban. Right. <laughs> and I mean, same could almost be said with Clemson, except due to Trevor Lawrence getting COVID this past season, their backup did have some time to shine, and he seemed to be pretty good. Very, like probably. A very good quarterback to surpass Trevor Lawrence for Trevor Lawrence to hand the mm-hmm. torch down to at Clemson. Yeah, both both schools very very good at recruiting. That and they, they just are. And, and and the coaching is great. They do a great job coaching. Um, the staff they have is incredible. Incredible staff, and that's that's the thing about recruiting. The weird thing about these two schools is that they really don't get high recruits, like top ten recruits. Like they don't get a bunch of them, but they'll get a bunch of like the lower top recruits. Like if the ESPN three hundred, they'll get like one hundred to two hundred all to themselves. What's surprising to me is that a school like Ohio State is the school that takes, like, I believe this season they're taking five of the top ten recruits from this year's class. And that, to me, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of top, like, top ten recruits, and you're taking five of those? Five, yeah. That. Out of the top ten, man, that, that says, a, says a lot about it, Ohio State. It, and Ohio State's and where consistent. people want to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're always getting multiple top ten recruits. I mean, I don't know about five, like half of the top ten recruits every year, but they usually get like two, three. They usually, they usually take a few. I mean, they do well. Mm-hmm. And the past few seasons, it's gotten them to the playoffs. Maybe not a national title yet, but who knows? Maybe these five they've recruited can really prove themselves among other veterans that are at. Like, we'll be staying at Ohio State, such as Chris Olave and Master Teague. And speaking of Ohio State, how about Urban Meyer heading over to the Jaguars? Probably, that is a big talk. Probably one of the biggest things that happened this year in taking in other Ohio, other former Buckeyes with him, such as, and, such as um, Schlegel. One Anthony, of them. Anthony Schlegel. Schlegel. Yeah. One of them, and potentially being the sole reason for Justin Fields to upset Trevor Lawrence and be the number one draft pick. That There's been some talk with that. I'd personally like to see it, because I think Fields proved on January 1st that 
he may just be the better quarterback of the two. And those two have really been a thorn in each other's sides. Really all throughout high school, they, like, when it came to recruiting, the two were head-to-head in their class. They were, they were head-to-head. Like, they were, like, the two best quarterbacks in that class. They've, they've just always been there competing with each other. And I feel like this draft, it's really going to, it may not be the final say on who the better quarterback is, but it's, it's going to be one of the final determinations on who is the better quarterback. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see on draft day. Um, I guess in my personal opinion, I would I can see I can see Trevor Lawrence going over Justin Fields, and I don't want to take anything away from Justin Fields, but he's a good quarterback, a good Tre- person as well. But I mean, Lawrence has even proven to be a good person. Lawrence has. I mean, he's got the accolades. He's got. You know the stats and figures to that that, that show, you know, what he's capable of, and and he has won a national title. Yeah. Now, if you want to think about the movie Draft Day, you know, I think they dumped in that movie the guy that expected to be the first round pick and pick someone else for the first overall pick, all because of who they are off the field. And, I feel like that Justin Fields really benefited off of not having most of his season in this case because he got to show how much of a leader he really is in leading that fight to bring the Big Ten football season back. Trevor Lawrence didn't have to do that for Clemson. They got their season right away. He had no season to fight for. He just showed up and played. Justin Fields really showed some leadership qualities that teams in the NFL could be looking for, such as the Jets and the Jaguars. And just knowing that, I don't think that's quite enough reason to put them over Trevor Lawrence, but I think it's definitely something to consider when it's time to submit your pick. Yeah, it could definitely be a factor. I can see that. And back to Urban, he did recently make a a little bit of a questionable hire. He did make a questionable hire. And Chris Doyle from Iowa, who I, after doing a little bit of research, found out that Doyle had actually left the University of Iowa on June 15th of this past year due to allegations of bullying and racism arose against him. My, you, you think Urban has a... Well, I, I mean, I know you want you want the best. Yeah, you do. You know, to help you when you when you have a goal, and, you, and you're a coach, and you have, I mean, he, he's put it. I mean, and it's this is just any coach. I would think you want to have you want to be surrounded by the best. You want to be the best. You want to surround yourself with the best. But sometimes you don't want to want you don't want that to overshadow. other things as far as you know who a person is Mm -hmm. what a person has done yeah and and I just don't I don't don't know if Urban has like this I I think I can fix this guy he's really good I think I can fix this guy Um, after Zach Smith maybe he's learned something yeah I mean yeah the whole Zach Smith situation um 
you know you definitely don't want to overlook these things and you want to you want to see the good in a person and you want to be the the one that can bring out that good um, but on that same token you see somebody that's got I mean you want to take that Zach Smith situation to consideration and you see this other person and they've got this sketchy um, background as well probably just a better idea maybe just to, to leave it alone and move on to the next best yeah next um, man up. I mean no matter how good they are the person could could be a uh, a plague within your yeah. within your staff and that's not something you want no however Meyer did release a statement on this past Thursday after the hire saying I've I've known Chris for close to 20 years our relationship goes back to when and I was at Utah and he was the number one strength coach I vetted him thoroughly along with our general manager and owner which I think says a lot about the consideration put in this hire like even the general manager and owner agreed and saying I feel great about the hire about his expertise at that position we vetted him thoroughly and sports performance is going to be a high high priority course does not mention anything of the allegations against him but that also be something that he wants to avoid putting in a statement because i mean no one really wants to put themselves in in that position where now they're forcing the questions to be asked about ne negative things oh yeah absolutely um there's no sense in you know sparking up something that you don't feel it needs to be sparked on. I mean, that's not. I mean, you're hiring somebody for a reason. You need to talk. You just want to. You just want to focus on that. This is what we're focused on. We're, we're focused on the positive. We're focused on what we're trying to do here. We're focusing on, um, you know, the way we want to move forward. And you can't move forward if you're dwelling on the past. Um, no matter how recent. So I think that was probably good that to kind of leave that out of a out of a statement yeah but definitely something that you have to think about when hiring is his allegations mm -hmm. and when you put out that statement of course leave it out of the statement it's probably the best thing you can do also think of how you want to come back to that how you want to answer because you know people are going to ask that, it's going to come questions. up it's, oh, going, it's to. going to come up and, <laughs> and that's why i say this is something you just you you just leave it alone and move on to the next best thing. Yeah. The next best hire. But, I mean, like, like you said, maybe he thinks that he can fix them. Well, and or also is it helping a buddy out? And he said they he knew him for 20 years. Yeah. And, you know, has it come down to this? It's like, I, I know the guy. I know he's a, you know, he's a decent human being. He's, he's got some issues, but, you know. He's he's good at what he does, and and you know I've known him, and he's a really good guy. So you know I'm gonna I'm gonna help this I'm gonna help him out. You know I'm I'm, I'm I'll be there for you. I'm you you know and it's I mean it's good to be a good friend like that. But this is business, people. That is, and this is business. Definitely, and but it can be harsh. I think that because I know part of the allegations against Chris Doyle was that. He was like trying to put players in their place, and because they are kids, they are considerably younger. But this is the NFL. You got you got kids in there, you know, men in there. 
You're going uh, anywhere from like 21 to over 40 years old. Right. You got those guys in there. Like, yeah, these I mean, are grown men now. I mean, imagine if this were Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Think about Tom Brady on that team. You don't put that guy in your in his place. I mean, Tom Brady is, well, the GOAT. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm not saying the Jaguars really have anybody like Tom Brady. That was like definitely someone you don't want to try and like put yourself over and be like, hey, I'm bigger, better than you. I'm going to put you in your place now. But this is also the NFL where these are grown men. These are all grown men. They know their place. And in fact, they're probably not scared to put you in your place. Yep, I'd agree with that. But I do think with uh, recent events that's happened over the past year that makes it more of a questionable hire than maybe if it, this was like a year or two ago just because of every, like the riots and the protests and everything that's happened within the past year like everything that that's really happened and the NFL making a huge statement on the whole Black Lives Matter thing that with these that hiring a guy you know for the comments against that kind of stuff a little more questionable than it would be at a different time such as a year or two ago so, considerably, maybe the biggest mistake that Urban's made so far, I do think that he could learn from it, but a huge mistake to make in your first, like, less than a month. Yeah, he, he definitely coach. should have known better. I mean, maybe there's something that, that we're just missing that really everybody's missing in this puzzle that, like, only... Me, Shad Khan, and Urban know about like what truly went behind this hire. Maybe there was just more to that that we haven't quite figured out or thought about yet. Something like that. Perhaps. I mean, I really do think it comes down to a guy he knew for a long time, and 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 how maybe how well he was. I mean, is the strength was he the strength? Um, conditioning coach, right? He was at, at Iowa. No, However, know. here, I believe he was going to be the, the, the director of sports performance for the Jaguars. Yeah, I so, really see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if you're going for... Put him in charge? A little more questionable? Yeah, even if you're going for a top guy in a position like that, I feel like there's a lot of guys out there that can mm-hmm. fill the position um, quite nicely. And I even want to sort of back to what I said earlier about the draft day movie. Take, like, don't look at just what they do, like their job, but what they do off the field too. Off the field, this it's is, huge. It's huge. I mean, mm. that movie, of course, not based off of real events, but very well potential real events. And, and definitely helping an average fan think about it's not just how good the player is on the field, but how good of a person they are off the field. And first of all, I do think that's something to consider. Is that even though he is like the best, and he's proven to be the best, or at least just very good, does, or at least very good at what I he mean, does. I mean, really, according to reports, it's not even off the field. It's just. Like, it's not off the field when he does this. He even does this, like, on field in the locker room. Like, it's nonstop. But, I mean, aside from, like, the point, 
of what his job is, which at Iowa is strength and conditioning mm-hmm. coach. I mean, while he may be good at that, he's not really the best at not really the best personality you want on your team, which I think is why he left Iowa and why this is definitely a huge mistake on Urban's end. As as far as we know, who knows? Maybe maybe if we found out what exactly went behind Urban's thinking and everything else there would be like, oh, maybe not such a big mistake. But this for Urban, especially after Zach Smith, that whole yeah. reason, I mean, I honestly think if it weren't for that, Urban may still be the coach at Ohio State. Yeah. And, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's a good point. I mean, he... He probably would have, I, and I think a lot of people would, would or, agree with that. Or may have stayed there for another year, or like have just retired, like just now have gone to retirement after getting to the national championship or something. You know, I mean, you even got to think about that. If Urban did stay, oh, that affected the Buckeyes. <laughs> would they have made it to the playoffs this year or last? Would That's they have lost? Question. It? And would good would question. Urban have would Urban have overcome the? the call like the pretty odd calls from the Clemson game last year I believe he could have I mean Ryan Day first year coach he got got that such a big game I think that was right that was Day's first time there and Urban's I mean he's been there a lot and he's won it yep but I do think he'll do well in the NFL I think he'll overcome this mistake I, I do too. Yep, yep. Um, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying he'll go. go and win the Super Bowl in his first year. <laughs> I think this will be a few year process. I, I honestly think that he may not even win a Super Bowl before he retires again. I think, I think part of what he's doing here is building the team, getting him into that position, and then leaping it to a guy he can trust. Kind of like, kind of like the situation, kind of like the situation with Ryan Day. He had that guy who was Ryan Day. They could lead the team to and trust. That could, could be... work out like that. Yeah, he could be another uh, Marty Schottenheimer. Um, you know, one of the greatest coaches to, to never win a Super Bowl. It, it's rare for a great coach to not win a Super Bowl. I mean, especially when you're complaining to players to never win a mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, just think about that. And uh, back on the, the Chris Doyle note, um, the hire didn't last long, did it? No. He resigned just just a day later, actually, mm-hmm. on Friday. And, and Urban really saw a statement. He seems to be the, the new spokesperson for the, the Jags <laughs> now. He's always the one releasing statements. He said on a statement released by the Jaguars on Friday, Chris stating, Chris Doyle came to us this evening to submit his resignation, and we have, have accepted Chris did not want to be a distraction to what we are building in Jacksonville. We are responsible for all aspects of our program and in retrospect should have given greater consideration to how his appointment may have affected all involved. We wish him the best as he moves forward in his career. I think Chris Doyle was saying that he didn't want to be a distraction from what they're building in Jacksonville. does say something about, yeah, I don't think it makes up for any comments he's made in the past or will make in the future. I do think it, it does show that he's not exactly a terrible person. 
if this truly did, in fact, you know, come straight from Chris Doyle and his uh, decision to not be a distraction for the Jaguars. Um, that, was, that was very stand-up, you know, for a guy to do that and to be able to back off. And, you know, that, it does say a lot about somebody's character. Um, but on the other hand, um, and I'm just putting this out there, there's no uh, truth or anything behind this. This is just, uh, just a little outside thinking. Um, could this have been put together to, uh, like, once the questions started coming in, yeah. you, you just see uh, a bunch of the negativity yeah. starting to head that way the first thing you need to do is is get that negativity out mm -hmm. maybe um you know the the, the jag jacksonville jaguars and urban have come up with this resignation perhaps maybe had a talk with maybe. chris doyle and said we don't we're not sure that this is actually going to be a good fit perhaps a, i think it's just best if we we play it this way perhaps a situation let's keep it with Ohio State coaches like Jim Trestle back in 2011. Ohio State came to him, really came to him about him leaving, but he's the one that chose to leave. Well, he made the decision. Right. He, he probably wouldn't have made that that decision if they did not go to him. So it's like a fire yet you resign kind of situation. Right. Right. Yeah. I honestly think that, situation like that, that that is probably the best way to fire with someone in sports because it does, like, it benefits their resume. You know, not being fired definitely helps your resume. Yeah, of course. Compared to a resignation. Yep. So I think that that is definitely the bit of like a a more respectful thing to do than just be like, yeah, mm -hmm. you're fired. To be like, hey, we don't think that this is the right fit. We're going to ask you to resign, and then the coach or whoever is like, all right, I'll resign and then leaves. Or something that I think would definitely be interesting in the NFL is the trading of coaches and such. Like, I mean, imagine that, like a trade for like Bill Belichick for like Ron Rivera. <laughs> imagine that now seeing coaches on the trade, on the trading block. Huh? You might be on to something there. I mean, I mean, who knows? Maybe this could be something we'll see in the FCF. <laughs> now, now we got coaches moving teams as well. Being traded by the Being fans. <laughs> traded by the fans. <laughs> that, I feel like it'd be a lot easier to predict trades if the fans did make the decision. Like, I don't know. Matt, Matt Stafford, who recently got traded to LA Rams, may not be with the LA Rams. He could be, like, at the Jets right now in New York. Right, yeah. Or like that, or or odds are J.J. Watt would probably he'd probably be with the Browns right now because I mean I, don't, I honestly don't think there's a there's a fan base in all of professional football that can outweigh the Browns. One would think that, uh... and it's odd because they really are a losing culture. <laughs> they they've learned how to lose. Nobody nobody learns or loses as. As well as the, but that, the Cleveland Browns. That's how you know it's a good fan base right there. No, they stick hardcore. with you that's through it. terrible times and 0-16 season. Mm -hmm. 
you keep drafting, you keep getting these good quarterbacks and these good players, and you just can't do anything. Well, until one day you start digging yourself out of the hole. And that that day came earlier this season. They made it all the way to the playoffs. And I say, they did not go out. They did not go out very badly. They went out well. I say they did against they went, the Chiefs. They went down against swinging. a team that went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, may not have been against Patrick Mahomes that entire game, but I do think that it says something. Like it's not like they just like went and got stomped like as if they didn't even belong there. I mean, think about it. they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, their arch rival, twice this twice. season, twice, twice in a row, in a row at that. Although one was without Big Ben, but one was one, was, one when it mattered. mattered. When it mattered mattered the most, they went out there and they beat Big Ben. And not only that, they beat him fairly well. They did. All things considered. And and I I find that shocking for the Browns because, I mean, this is a team that is known to lose, especially in these situations. If there was one more quarter, maybe even a half a quarter more, the Steelers may have came back in that game. It was I, getting pretty dicey. That it was. That, I mean, I'm not a huge Browns fan, but that may just be one of my favorite Browns games of all time. Maybe not one of my favorite, like, Pittsburgh games. <laughs> but probably one of my favorite Browns games. Like, that that was good for the Browns. It was great for the Browns. They needed that. Mm-hmm. And it's huge moment, momentum towards next season. Although, something I do think that will come more as a stranger to the Browns is not having a very high draft pick. That's something they're used to having. Something they're used to relying on is, is having a draft pick there like within the top 10. Well, now that, if they can... That's their domain. Well, now they're just going to have to transition into trades. They will. And rely, rely a little more so on that. Well, but also you got to think, do they really need a high draft pick with everything they just did? I mean, I think they're. I mean, I would. I think their draft pick is like somewhere there in the twenties. They can still get someone pretty can, decent. They, well, I mean, they can definitely I mean, get some good for, for I mean, positions that, they need to fill. Um. And and, and injuries. I mean, you got to think there's. Yeah. I mean, you can, think, you can have a lineup of this, great players, but you're gonna need another lineup of great players right behind them. Let's think about this. This is the first round. This is still the first round. Tom Brady was a seventh round pick. And where is he? He just won a seventh Super Bowl. Seventh Super Bowl. That, I mean, good players come from all the rounds. Every round produces a good player. I mean, for the Ravens, J.K. Dobbins coming up in the fourth round last year. I mean, Ravens didn't exactly need him. It was more of like, well, this good guy's still on the board. Let's take him so we don't have to play him. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think Lamar Jackson, he's good enough as a as a running quarterback. He may as well be your running back. Nice. And then to have yeah. Ingram. At running back is two. They really didn't need J.K., but that was a good grab for that was a good pick for the Ravens last year. And I mean, yeah, I think it's just all the other players to come up to come out of the draft, not a first rounder. Right. All right. Well, I think um, I think we want to wrap things up. Um, pretty decent discussion there on uh, on those topics there. So I guess uh, this is us signing off. And until the next one, um, 
Hopefully the next round will get, get it easier. Get get a little easier. easier. You know, this is our first podcast, so um, we're just getting started, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. All right, well, until next time.